Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Steve McDonald. Hello, Calvary. It's good to see you all today. Now, despite all this wet weather that we've been enjoying, which he says sarcastically, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. All the festive decorations and the twinkling lights, it's kind of like walking around in a Hallmark Christmas special. Now, speaking of a Hallmark Christmas special, last weekend, Susan and I uh, enjoyed one of our Christmas gifts a little early this year. And so we went to the Hallmark Christmas Experience backlot tour in Langley. And so they've got a little kind of backlot where they've built this little town uh, for the movies. And uh, so we got to go there during the day. It was a beautiful Saturday. Sun was out, blue sky. It was a wonderful day to do it. And, uh, and so we were there to meet and greet some of the, the actors and uh, all the, the celebrities that are involved and did a little Q&A that they had with the, the, uh, like a panel of the directors and, and uh, actors that are involved uh, in these movies. It was great. It was really well done. And uh, you kind of walk down the little side streets and they're all decorated for Christmas. You get to see where you've seen those in the, the movies before. It was brilliant. Hot chocolate, gingerbread cookies, little lunch and some fun, and it was great. And so I'm walking down one of the side streets in this movie lot, and the sun is kind of shining right in my face. And it's hard to see who's even in front of me. And so suddenly I hear, Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve. And I'm like, where, where is this coming from? And so I step to one side, and I look, and it's a couple that I, I recognize, but I haven't seen in a very long time, that apparently have been attending online, and they said, oh, we, we didn't know you were a Hallmark fan. <laughs> and I kind of laughed, and I said, well, listen, I'm a Susan fan, and she enjoys Hallmark, and so here we are, right? A happy wife is a happy life. And, uh, and so we kind of walked around, and after the, 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 the panel, uh, we made our way to the food trucks. They had some food trucks there, and then we were under this tent where people could kind of huddle to have their lunch under some of the heat lamps because it was a little chilly, that day, and I overheard the lady next to me talking to her friend, and she said, who would have thought that there's this, this amazing little town out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a farmer's field? But I don't understand why everything is, all the buildings are half built. It's like they ran out of money or something. She was like serious. I think she kind of missed the whole point of the backlot movie tour, but nonetheless, I think sometimes, not all the times, but the names and lofty titles that people are given, like movie star or prime minister or princess, prince or even king, sometimes those titles are a lot like those half-built movie sets. They have this very impressive external facade that makes for a, for a, a great first impression. But sometimes when you meet these individuals, nobody's really home. It's just a door that opens up to an empty backstage area and doesn't always deliver on what you had hoped for. Sometimes meeting your biggest heroes is kind of a letdown because you're like, no, just normal people, just like you and I. You know, this Christmas series that we're into 
centers around a, a powerful prophecy of a future child who would bear the government on his shoulders and be called by titles that could, that could only be attributed to God, names that, that he alone could deliver on. Not just deliver on, but, but when you encounter God for the first time, he supersedes all of our expectations. The names are only an attempt at describing how amazing and wonderful he really is. In the book of Isaiah 9, verse 6, our key verse for this series, it says, For unto us a child is born. We're talking about Jesus. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. Now, Isaiah is about to give these titles to this child that's to come, which was common in those days for describing a king. But these titles were very unique. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6 is a, a prophecy for the people of Israel that foretold the kind of king that their Messiah would be. And on this side of history, obviously, we know that Jesus is that Messiah the prophet is, is talking about. And in this verse, he's actually given five titles. Now, according to royal protocol in those days, the kings and pharaohs would have had titles like these, each one kind of broadcasting their accomplishments to their people and to all the other nations. You know, Herodus Magnus, Herod the Great. They had wonderful titles that they hoped would kind of rock fear into maybe their, their enemies. But these titles symbolized worldly power and holy might. But they also served as kind of a, a mission statement for that, the reign of that particular monarch. Now in Egypt at that time, it was, form, it was a kind of a formal time-honored practice to bestow five names on a pharaoh that was ascending to the throne as part of the ascension ceremony. Their full royal names were announced very loudly at their coronation when a pharaoh would officially transition to become a king. The names for Jesus that we see in Isaiah 9-6 are, are very similar in the sense that he also was given five titles here by the prophet, each one rooted in Jesus' kingship. Now, as the church, today, we live in the kingdom of God in the here and now. It's not something that we're talking about in the future. He's not the, 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 the king that will come. He is the king that is here now, abiding within each one of us. So throughout this series, we're, we're going to continue to look at these titles, to continue to look at who our king is. Because understanding who our king is, it's understanding better and deepening the relationship that we have with the one who abides within us. And so today we're going to look at the third title. Last week, Pastor Brad kicked things off with the beginning of the series by talking about Jesus as described by Isaiah as wonderful. He's our miracle-working Messiah and counselor, our guide and our teacher. So he's our wonderful counselor, our hope in dark times. And we still need that today, just like they needed it back then. So today I want to dig into the next title. I want to talk about Mighty God. 
And this is found also in this same prophecy about the birth of Jesus about 700 years before he ever arrived. Now, that's a long time to wait, 700 years. But you know what? When given the opportunity, I love to talk about my God, about how mighty and strong he is, how he continues to be in my life and always has been. It's part of our testimony. So every chance we get, we need to take these opportunities to talk about how wonderful he is, how mighty he truly is. Now, as you can imagine, the names that Isaiah gives are pretty heavy titles for a little baby. Uh, Pastor Brad also mentioned last week that he and Melissa are expecting a new little addition to their home who's going to be arriving any day now. And I'm sure that all their family and friends are patiently or impatiently waiting to hear what the baby's name will be, as I'm sure some of you do with those that you know and love. People will often post a, an announcement photo on their socials of a little scrunched up baby with the, the name and its weight underneath so everybody can know. And then all of us, we, we kind of look forward to the first day we're going to get a chance to meet this little one for the first time so that we can roll up and say, oh, he's so cute. What's his name? Well, you can imagine if someone responded to you, well, we're calling him Mighty God. Oh, mighty God, well, oh, isn't, that, isn't that lovely, little MG? Well, that's a, that's a big title for such a little baby. And yet here, in this case, it was a strong name that suited a strong king. You know, as many of you know, I grew up on the East Coast and have always have, had a great love for the, the ocean, its power and its majesty. Like, it's, it's incredible to sit on the rocks in Peggy's Cove and watch some of those big waves crash up against uh, the rocks. Uh, then we had an opportunity to pastor and live in the city of Toronto. And at the end of the street for, from where Susan and I's first apartment was, was a little park bench and it would look over the city. And it was a spectacular view. But it was even more stunning at nighttime when everything just seemed to, to glimmer with all the lights. And then, of course, we moved here to the West Coast. And then you get this amazing combination of the sea and the mountains. Now, I'm sure that when we first arrived, we drove people crazy because we couldn't stop talking about the mountains. And yet, after a period of time, we all start to forget where we're living and how amazing and beautiful it truly is. And we go, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is, be it is beautiful. I, I didn't really notice it up there in the distance. But for us... It was so new and so majestic that we couldn't stop telling people about it. Now, I think some of us have had similar kind of experiences where we encounter God's creation. But whether I was on the East Coast looking at the waves crashing, whether I was in the city of Toronto and looked at the power of the big city, or here in the West enjoying the majesty of snow-capped mountains and you know, kind of rimmed by the ocean. It's going up along the Sea to Sky Highway. Every one of those pictures, every one of those experiences has the fingerprints of God all over them. This incredible God. Now, maybe you've, some of you have experienced something similar when you're taking a picture of a beautiful sunset or staring at the stars in the middle of the night, just appreciating the creator of the universe. He is a mighty God. Now, 
another prophet in the Old Testament, like Isaiah, was Jeremiah. Jeremiah also spoke of the power and the might of God. In Jeremiah 32, 17, he says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth, those beautiful mountains, the, the ocean, the, the sprawling field. You made it all by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. I love the last part of that verse because he's a mighty God. He's full of strength and power. Nothing is too hard for God. Maybe you've come to church today and you've got real problems. But you know, those real problems deserve real answers. Maybe your marriage is, is a mess. Maybe you're gripped with anxiety just over the, the worries of life, of your finances. Let me tell you this. Nothing is too hard for God. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe your business has taken a hit over the last few years and you don't kind of know where to turn. I want to tell you today that no matter how bad it looks, nothing is too hard for God, our mighty God. No matter how bad it looks. Maybe for some of you, the doctor has given you some news that has rocked you to your core, either about your life or someone that you love. Let me tell you again, nothing, 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 absolutely nothing is too hard for God. He is still a mighty God. That's who he is. This word is interesting because it's actually a translation of the Hebrew word gabor, which is defined as strength, power. It's defined as a hero, a, a warrior. So Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that Jesus is El Gabor, the God of strength, the God of power, God who is our hero, a God who is our warrior. <laughs> I've always loved the sound of El Gabor because for me it sounds like a, like a professional Mexican wrestler, right? Like a luchador. El Gabor! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main stage, El Gabor, the God of power and might. That's who he is. And when he abides within you, that same kind of strength is available to you to overcome whatever it is that you face. He's the God Almighty. He's omnipowerful or all-powerful. So let's look at just a few of the characteristics of our mighty God. God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. He is all-knowing. The Bible says he knows your, your deepest thoughts. Now, some of you may think you know everything. <laughs> I've met a few people that think they know everything. But let me share with you, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. Our God, our, our God is, is the one who can handle everything that's going on all at the same time. Our minds were not or designed for that kind of overload. And yet we hold in our hands a mobile phone that brings us news updates every second breaking news. I want to tell you right now, it's no wonder many people today are overwhelmed by what they see in their feed because they're, they're watching it constantly. Your mind, your spirit was never designed to handle all of that information coming at you. God is the only one who is all-knowing. He's the only one who can manage what's taking place around us. And the answer to those Feelings of being overwhelmed, of, of having heightened anxiety. The only answer is the one who can navigate those rough waters. And that is 
our mighty God. God is also omnipresent, which means God is present everywhere, all at the same time. He is all present. He's everywhere. Now, try as I may, and I have, I have not been able to pull this one off. Some of you have probably tried the same thing. It's impossible. Our schedules don't permit us to be in two places at the same time. And yet, many of us keep trying. We keep looking at our phones, at the dinner table, while we're watching television. While we're in the middle of a meeting, we're looking at our phones. Again, you can't be present and absent at the same time. That's why at our staff meeting, we have a general rule when everybody sits down at the table that everybody puts their phone down. You can't be present and absent. You can't be somewhere else at the same time. But he, he can. Here's what amazes me about God. While we meet here on our online campus or meet here in person in the auditorium or in our Mandarin campus, God is with every one of you all at the same time. He's with you at home. He's with you here in the seats. He's with all of us simultaneously. God's presence is everywhere. His omnipresence is beyond our limited, feeble human comprehension. God is also omnipotent. He can do anything. He's all-powerful. So he's all-knowing. He's all-present. He's all-powerful. He has unlimited authority and power. The living word is filled with signs and wonders and miracles, the things that he has done. He can do anything. He doesn't have to repeat the same thing twice. He is our mighty God. There's nothing too hard for God. He is almighty. And yet even though we know that, even though we read that in Scripture, we don't always see it sometimes for ourselves. And so that causes us to stumble a little bit, and sometimes doubt comes in, and we begin to weaken in our faith. But the Bible tells us that if we walk by faith and not by sight, not by the things that we can see and touch, we know that, that all is well, that his power is real, so we need to choose every single day. Even when you're believing for healing in your life, all is well. No matter what you see or hear, listen, you know what you know what you know, what God has promised you. You're praying for a loved one, a son or a daughter or, or a, a, a parent. If you're praying for a marriage that's struggling, in him is every bit of power that you will ever need to see that through. But you've got to continue to have faith and believe. All right. If you're taking notes today, let me give you a few spiritual truths to write down to remember about our mighty God. The first one is this. His power is at work in you, right now, in this place. In Philippians, Paul writes to the Christ followers in Philippi, in chapter 2, verse 13, and he says, For it is God who works, where does he work? In you, to will and to act, in order to fulfill, to fulfill what? To fulfill his good purpose. His purpose in your life, he is able to see it through to its completion. You know, when I was young and I started to follow the Lord as a Christ follower, I still thought that the world rotated around me, that it was all about my needs, my dreams, my goals, my pleasure. What can I do? How can I improve my life to make this easier on me? But then when I faced something that 
that was in the form of opposition or things weren't going according to my perfect plan, I started to wonder, what, like, what's going on? Where did God's power go? What have I done to offend him? Is there something that I did or said that has caused me to lose the favor and the love of God? He will never love you more than he does right now, whether you're in the best spiritual shape of your life or whether you're seeking him and you're, you're still trying to figure it all out. He loves you the same. God's power is, is very real. And I would learn during those days that even when I was going through those tough times, that his power was still at work within my life, still working to, to bring about who he had called me to be, the purpose he had for me, to understand that I needed less of me in my weakness and more of him. Number two, his power is at work for you. So the first one was his power at work in you. Now we're going to talk about his power at work for you. In Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet says this of his God. In verse 29 through 31, it says, He gives strength to the weary and increases power to the weak. Even youths. And in this scripture, this word youth is is the, the, the Hebrew uh, word that actually means an Olympic athlete or the best of the best. So it's saying even the best of the best will grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Now maybe this hits home in a strong way for you today. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're feeling worn out today. Maybe it took everything just to get you in the car today with your kids and, and get them dressed and get here. Maybe it took everything for you just to wake up this morning and tune in to the broadcast because you're feeling so tired. But the good news is that, that God gives strength and power to the weary. So if you're weary, then you're, you qualify perfectly for this. He's going to renew your strength today. That's a promise. And then finally, number three, his power is at work through you. You know, there's certain scriptures that, that always resonate with me when it comes to the calling that God has placed in my life. And Acts 1.8 is one of those scriptures. It says, but you will receive power. What? Power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be something. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You and I have been given the power to, wit to be witnesses of his power at work within our lives, within our church, within our families, to our community, to our city, to our province, to our nation, and to the nations of the world. Now that sounds like our church. It sounds like Calvary to me. We will take the good news to all of those places. Because that's what we continue to do and are committed to. Now let me tell you this. Every one of you, if you are a Christ follower, if you're following him today, then you are a minister of hope. Whether you're a stay-at-home parent, a business owner, a teacher, whatever you do, you are a minister of hope to a world that's desperately lacking in it. And so God needs you. He wants to work in and through you as a conduit of his love and his hope to a world that, that needs it so much. And Jesus' power, 
the power of our mighty God, is available to work through you. King Jesus' power at work in you, for you, and through you. He is our mighty God. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you today for your power, for your strength, that our, our, our weakest moments, the moments when we feel tired, exhausted, and weary, that you will renew our strength as we lean into and trust in your power. We ask today, mighty God, that you would continue to, to work in and through us, that each of the titles that we read by the prophet Isaiah, I pray, God, that we would see those truths manifest within our lives, that they would be real for us, that the mighty God would show up in everything that we do as a parent, as a, a brother or sister in Christ, as a family member, as a neighbor. May the mighty God and his love show up in everything we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's best, Calvary. Have an amazing week. We look forward to being with you again here at church, especially at this time of the year. We need to make sure at Christmas time that we understand that the King of Kings rules and reigns within us. And so let's go show the world that he is the mighty God.